have a lucas hello oh okay fair enough oh man like i have just been absolutely fucking vibing to the thundercat soundtrack <laughs> i i cannot get over how much of a bop it is and also how smooth it looks oh really this is what i want to talk about because you know like i've been ill with the rona and hmm. you know what like talking about that can wait and it's, it's only being like you know a I think that's affected the entire world for um, a year and a half straight. Like, we need to talk about Thundercats. Because Thundercats is relevant now. Or at least it's relevant to me right now. Because um, what do you know about Thundercats? What do you know about some Thundercats? Uh, I know the cats that really like thunder. Yeah. Uh, you know, any, did you ever watch it as a kid? Uh, never watched it. The most I know is that it... A, sounds pretty, like, you know, He-Man-ish. And pretty dope. It's, yeah, it's very um, similar in like to He-Man in that sense of, like... We want kids to watch this, and it's got lots of action in it, but we need to hide the fact it's got action in it by having, like, life lessons. Yeah. So lots of episodes end with, and what did we learn today, children? Yeah, it smacks of that vibe, and I did see, like, you know, the old, old death battle with one of the Thundercats in it, so I know a little which, bit about the power set that they have. Which might be, as well, one of the best death battles ever did. Mm, I really adore good. that one, just because the voice actors sound exactly like they do from the show. <laughs> but the reason I want to talk about Thundercats is because me and the missus, like, we're both there with the Verona. Mm. Just, like, at home, like, uh, what do you want to do? I'm like, let's just put crap on yeah. my laptop and lie in bed. Because Joey, both in that state, you can't, you can't sleep, you can't move because you're just I, sweating constantly. I feel bad because, like, I can't sleep right now because it's that hot and sweaty and humid over the last few days. Yeah, so I'm that, and I've got a fever. Mm. And uh, we were just watching just, like, clips of old TV shows and, like, intros to TV shows we watched as a kid. And I said, do you know what I remember being an absolute fucking, like, banger of an intro? The Thundercats intro. And I watched mm. it with my girlfriend. She's like, oh, my God, who did this? And I was like, what do you mean, who did this? This looks like an anime in, like, a positive way. Because you think, like, 80s cartoons, you think that stiff He-Man animation, don't you? Yeah. And the show is that to a degree, but the intro is so fucking godly. And I'm going to send you now, Lucas, on Discord, um, a link to a HD remaster somebody did the intro. Oh, really? Yeah, someone did like a 4K, 8K upscale of the intro. It's about a minute long. I just want you to click on it now and just tell me what like what you see and just like... Uh, just your thoughts on it because when we watched that me and her were like oh my god where is this show <laughs> this is fucking incredible uh, let me just do that because i just clicked on like my internet browser and the website was so white that it just like blew up my face <laughs> it's like oh my god like you can see i turned uh, down the brightness on my face still like i need to, i need to address that as well because i am at my in my house um because i can't leave hmm. so like my um lighting's not too great here it's like click it and just like watch it and just tell me how fucking fluid is the Thundercats intro in 8K? It looks incredible. I need to uh, put a tiny bit of sound on as well after this. You, you, you need to have the sound oh, on God. the Thundercats like, intro as well. There... I mean, this already looks great. Yeah, this is proper like, this automatically smacks of like early Dragon Ball kind of animation. Yeah, oh, like not as an insult, like no. in really like old school fluid animation. Yeah, and we found out after the fact, like um, yeah, an anime studio did it. Oh, really? They brought an anime studio into did it? Yeah, yeah. This is like, super early anime. But how good does it look? How fluid is that? 
Where's that show? Yeah. And like, oh. yeah, there's not a lot of detail in it, but the animation itself is just it's, it's spawn. One of the most gods. And keep in mind, it like came out around the same time as He-Man. Mm. Like fucking He-Man, which like, you know, for, like it's good. Yeah. But it's not like it's not known for its um uh, like animation. No, definitely not. It's not that like that smack of like the cartoons that we watch when we were younger, where you can tell they're skipping out on frames and stuff. And not to say anime doesn't do it, but I think it just hides it a lot better. Yeah, we've got there's a lot of smooth um there's a smoother movements in there and um, mm. how they do it. And there's like there's certain shots as well. I was like um, noticing with my girlfriend's watching some clips from like Thundercats and stuff. And that was one where um, they'll cut I think it's just they jump over a guy and cut his sword. Mm. Or they, he's got a gun, they jump over, they cut his gun in half with a sword. Okay. It was like a quick, like, one-second shot of the end of his gun falling off. I was like, that's such an anime shot. <laughs> they want to put that in, like, a Western animation, because fuck it, why would you spend the time doing that? Yeah, for sure. And not quite as, um like, old-school as Thundercats, but um, Jenna and I were just also watching, like, a bit of an older anime in mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop. You keep talking about some Cowboy Bebop. Well, what is it I, Cowboy Bebop? I, I basically watched it, like, you know, a year a year ago, or sometime during lockdown, because I don't know what time is anymore. No one knows what time um, is No, and then they showed off, like, the Netflix pictures for the live-action one. I was like, okay, that's fine, but this just makes me want to go watch the anime again, and then, you know, ask Jenny, like, you haven't watched it, do you want to watch it with me? And then, yeah, we're just watching the first few episodes and like, it's in 4.3 and it's clearly old school animation style, but it's so fluid. Yes. And that's what just cracked me up about like this Thundercats intro because like we were watching just the He-Man stuff because we wanted to watch some Skeletor. <laughs> because I, because um, I, I think I made a Skeletor noise and my girlfriend, is that a noise Skeletor actually? You're like, Nyeh. Yes. Yeah. Is that a noise Skeletor makes, or is that something people think he makes because it's the meme? Hmm. So we were watching old like human characters, and every moment Skeletor's on screen is fucking solid gold, <laughs> and that set us on like a path of just watching like old intros. We got on the Thundercats, and I'm like, who told them to go this hard for this intro? And people listening to this, just go watch the original '80s one or like that 8K remaster, like some legend did, mm-hmm. and just look. It's like, why did they go so high? So when you watch the Japanese X Men intro that I bring up in every video when I've got the opportunity of who told them there's multiple times do... I've gone and watched that clip since you've like mentioned it to me the first the first time you mentioned it off that fiend out of multiple yeah like that the X-Men um the Japanese X-Men intro uh, the 90s X-Men cartoon intro I should say is fucking god tier <laughs> I, I don't know who told them they were allowed to do that and they did it well it's it like incredible. as well um another one we always bring up just Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Oh yeah, like what that bloody riff? That riff, like who told them to do that shit? It's awesome. Do you know they had a, a unique song in almost every other episode? Now, they almost always use the same shitty. I say shitty, like shitty in that good way, because it's like you know, it's just that that really fuzzy, like crap riff in the background, and someone just sings. But they did have a song for like almost every villain. Oh right, okay. And that's one of those shows as well. It's held up entirely by nostalgia because I was rewatching some Power Rangers as well, and you can see, literally see the seams. Because uh, some of the people maybe don't know about the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series is um, the series it's based on, um, the Super Sentai series. Because I think everyone knows that it's based on a, super, uh, a Japanese series they cobbled together. Not everyone knows that the White Ranger wasn't in the series that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is based on. So is it literally that, like, every time the White Ranger's in it, they pan to a shot of him alone? 
Yes, and if oh. you look at some, of the, if you look at, and that's what you never notice as a kid that he's never there. Mm. But some of the fight scenes you look at, it's like the Tommy's there, he transforms, and then the fight scene is just the regular Power Rangers, and then they'll cut to like shots of him <laughs> just stood off to the camera giving his quotes. You know what? That's incredible. It is, yeah, and it's one of the things you never notice as a kid, but as an adult, you're like, oh, you can. You could see where mm. they're cutting it. Did they have the Green Ranger then? Because they fought the Green Ranger, right? I think the Green Ranger was real, but he was evil. Yes, that's what I mean. So like they had the, the Green Ranger as the like the villain for that arc, but then they added in like the, the good green white ranger as an extra character. Yeah, and the White Ranger in this series in Japan that he comes from is a child who ages himself up. He's Shazam. Yeah, he's basically Shazam. He's just Shazam, is it? And it's that thing of Every time you talk about this one, because oh, Super Sentai is better, because it's different. It's just different. Like, Power Rangers is so divorced from its like origins. It's like they are com- two completely different um, pieces of intellectual property at this point. Yeah, completely. And I think like maybe the the movie is the re- like the thing I go back to watch because it was made all like you know as one thing, and it's bad. It's still really bad, but. Because you just get all of those really awful moments that are just like hilarious and stupid. It's still a fun watch. Yeah, it's as well. It's um, it's bad, but it's bad in a way where it's just pure nostalgia and schlock. And if if people you know are kind of questioning, if anyone knows what it's like to go back and watch like Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, that kind of vibe of like it's so cheesy and bad and poorly done that it kind of kind of redeems itself in a way. It holds up better than movies released only like five, six years ago because it's so set in its time period it was released. So for like um, the Tim Burton... Not the Tim Burton, it was the Joel Schumacher ones, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. It's so like quintessentially just 80s. And I think, I say, well, 80s, 80s, 90s. Like, yeah, it's like so like... Because um, 89 was the first Keaton Batman Oh, okay, so like, so quintessentially like ninety. It's just this weird period where movies were a bit experimental, and it's before superhero movies crawled up their own ass. Mm. And with the Power Rangers, it's this wonderful time capsule of just yeah. This is when like a dumb kids TV show could be the biggest shit in the world. It's like the Bob the Builder song being a Christmas number one. Yeah, it was. Like, you could yeah. never get that today. Hey there, Lucas here. Uh, just a quick little note. There was a couple of minutes we had to cut out from like the stream version to make the audio podcast. So this might be a little bit of a jarring jump, but we had some connectivity issues for a couple of minutes. Anyway, back to it. Okay, so I have Lucas, the Rona. Are you surprised? I mean, I've already known about this multiple times over. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do the bit again. <laughs> if I get a chance to do the bit again that I've already done twice before, but... Uh, to preface all the questions I'm going to be asked, Carl, didn't you have the vaccine? Yes, I've had both doses of my vaccine. Second question, Carl, um, why didn't you tell any... Uh, no, Carl, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. See the answer to number one for the reasons why. And the third question could be, why didn't you tell anyone? Because I don't want morons on the internet giving me shit because they don't understand how vaccines work. Mm-hmm, totally. Because you know the amount... There's probably a lot of people that will be like, oh, well, yeah, of course, you can still get get a virus when you get a vaccine but there's going to be a lot of people that also go oh you fucking loser you got the vaccine and it doesn't work clearly because you still got the virus yeah and they just are stupid people that don't know how virus uh, vaccines work so yeah and it's uh, advice from my girlfriend as well of like look i know i know um uh, 
that you know this, but there are going to be so many idiots out there who will point to this as like and try to use it as a club against others. Of look, this guy's talked about all about getting the vaccine. We like, especially when we've been so visibly safe in our videos, like mm. wearing masks and stuff. And people who came in the few scant times we recorded in person, recording remotely for like a year straight. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to be like, ah, oh, look, he did all this and he still got it. Yep. If I got it and I'm not dead. And I'm not in hospital, and I'm able to still work by doing shit like this. You were working, what, like, three days after the worst part hit you? Yeah. Which, you know, what if people don't understand, like, people spend sometimes weeks recovering from this, and because yeah. you had the vaccine, your body had the ability to fight it off really quickly. Yeah, my brother and his missus got it um, before the vaccine was available, mm. and it put my brother on his ass for a week, and it put his girlfriend on her ass for a month. Actually, I had a second month off work. I take I had two days where I'm a little bit sick, and I still was up and about, mm-hmm. and like you know doing odds and ends. But you know, as we said, people just won't get. People won't understand if this no. pandemic has proven anything. Is that a lot of people just don't fucking understand how this works? Yeah, and um, I've been in good spirits about the whole thing. Mm. It's one of those things. It's so. Like existential at this point, like the threat posed by COVID, people like unless you've had like direct personal experience like I have with like you know family and friends mm-hmm. and things of that nature, like, it's so existential. So I guess it's um, a unique opportunity for me to talk personally about what it's been like to have COVID, and it sucks ass. Not from, like you know the physical um, uh, side effects. So if anyone's wondering how it feels, and I guess everyone has a different response mm-hmm. to the virus, even the vaccine. That's like you know kind of like the danger of it where. Um, I've heard people describe it as like um, a pneumonia, a flu, a cold, just feeling a bit stiff. Uh, for me, it's felt like having just a really, really bad cold. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I've had um, a really bad blot nose, a really bad sore throat to the point where I couldn't swallow. Um, and I've had a really bad fever that keeps breaking over and over again. So right. like, um, uh, like for the first night where I had it, where I was like asleep and I woke up like 15 times that night because I couldn't breathe, because I couldn't swallow. So I woke up with just my mouth completely full of like phlegm. I had to go cough it up in the bathroom, mm. go back down, lie that down. Like I'm freezing fucking cold, wait for the fever to break, wake up again an hour later, have to go do that again. God. Yeah. Yeah. And it was that for like, what, a day, two days. And cool. I just thought to myself, now imagine if this was like a month long and it felt oh, 10 yeah. times worse. I was just going to say, at least you had that little, like, plushy anteater to keep you going. That was the one. That was the picture that just summed it up, because the first day I had it, I'm there like that. It's like, and my girl, she just got a picture of me just like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And she said, Cal, you do not look fine. <laughs> because it's just me curled up with a fucking anteater, like, I can't I'm gonna move. Okay. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go stream, the stream tonight. Like... For the stream, I could probably find that photo. There it is. Yeah, this is what I was like the first day I had COVID. I'm like, just curled up with my tea out of my Just not doing well at all. Oh, God. Yeah, and it was just, um, uh, that was the first day. And then just the rest of it has been just this constant, just feeling of just not being able to do things just quite at 100%. Right, yeah. And like, I know we recorded what on Monday and streamed on Monday and you were like, mm-hmm. I'm still not 100% there, but yeah, like, we're getting there, we're getting there. Yeah, I've gotten over like the worst of it, mm-hmm. which was just like, you know, every hour or so, it's like, I can't move. I have to like go to the bathroom and clear my throat and it's just, yeah. 
And that's with the vaccine. Yeah. It's nasty. It's like a thing that's killing people almost, you know. It's killing people every day. Weird, isn't it? And yet... And it's, it is what's been most strange about it, though, is uh, just how much red tape there is to go through. Because uh, me and my girlfriend have been very much on it. I think uh, the entire channel has. Like, you know, we've been very much on it in regards yeah. to safety and stuff. Because like, you were supposed to be coming over to see me this week uh, to push all those plans back. But yeah. uh, the first day I had it, it's okay. I took a test. It's um, uh, positive. Okay, now I need to order another more um, comprehensive test from the government and then they'll send it off to their lab. Right. While I'm doing that, I'm filling in a bunch of forms online. It's like, this is a fucking ball ache. Mm. This form takes like 20 minutes to fill in. It's like every single bit of my information three times. It's like, I describe it as, you know, when you fill in a job application and then the job application after you've filled it in, make sure you upload a CV with all the information you just filled in. Oh, fucking don't. Yeah. It's like, like you've imagine- got to fill in a cover letter and their like application form, then provide your CV and a cover letter as a Word document. And it's like, why the fuck have I just spent all that time putting the information in there? That is what I describe filling, like navigating the government website where you've got to um, uh, fill in and register that you have COVID. And it's like, it's no wonder people just aren't fucking doing it. Mm. They must yeah. just get to the second time they've got to put in their address and be like, well, I've already given you my fucking address and my <laughs> NHS number. Why do you need it again? And then um, when I got my second test, because people don't know how things work in the UK, you've got these like little uh, portable tests that they send to everyone's home. You get seven free ones a week. Um, I encourage anyone who's British to get as many of them as you can, use them liberally. You know, you're safeguarding yourself and others when you do. Mm-hmm. And you might get, you know, you might get a week off work. Um, do you see that as well? You can fake a COVID test if you drink orange juice. Uh, I saw that people were like putting things like lemon juice and something else onto the the thing instead of your saliva. Because you dipping like that in and it was given a false positive, yeah. And... So you can get a week off work or out of events and stuff like that. Anyway, once you've done that, you can get sent a more comprehensive test that's sent to a lab. And they'll give you like a more accurate result. And um, once you've got that, um, I got about fifteen fucking texts um, because I had to register like my phone number like four or five different times oh. on the government website. And each individual time I did that, even though it's part of the same um, uh, registration process, resulting in a separate email, separate text. And then while it was going, it's like, did you send your test to a post box? It's like, well, you told me I'm not allowed outside. No, call that that internal post box that you've got in your flat, yeah? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, they kept saying, do not leave your house, do not leave your house, do not leave your house. Can you leave your house to drive to a testing center? No, I can't. Okay, so I had to like wait till midnight. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend did it the first time. Then I had to wait till midnight when she did hers. That was a couple of days later. But wait till dead late. And she ran out the house to a post box nearby and then came back in. It was like, well, hopefully that's legal. Because it's like, it's yeah. your legal opportunity to stay inside, but you've got to post this. It's like, how? Yeah, like, Sorry. It's really confusing. And it must be really confusing by older people. Yeah. Who aren't maybe computer literate and they're dealing with all this shit and they're like five different text messages within the space of like two hours of like do this, do this, do this. And it's all redundant information because it's telling me to do the same fucking thing. And then when I got my second positive test, like confirmation you have COVID, like mm-hmm. you need to isolate for this many days, um, filling this second form again, which was the same form I filled in already, but again, to register that you actually do have COVID. Now go onto the app. Not the NHS app, but the NHS COVID app. Go onto that, use this number, um, put that in to register that you've got a positive result. I put that in. Oh, it's, um, uh, what's the word now? Um, case sensitive. And your iPhone automatically just like capitalise the first word. It's like, At this point, I just lock my fucking front door and I believe again. 
Yeah, at that point, like, you just give up. Yeah. Like, how many people do you think just give up when they get to this point? I, I can't comprehend how poorly that's being dealt it, with if that's what you have to fucking Lucas, go it gets better because once I'd done all that, I did all that so that anyone I'd be in proximity with, because, you know, we all got our phones on us, mm-hmm. uh, the NHS COVID app does have track and trace on it. If you've been near anybody uh, for an extended period of time and uh, within a certain distance, it'll tell them you might have been close to someone who tested positive for COVID. My girlfriend has been in my house for a week. We have not been more than four foot away from each other. Um for that entire week. Uh, do you want to guess how long it took my girlfriend to get a ping that she'd been close to someone with COVID after um, I filled in that well, information? My question was, has she even got a ping? Uh, she got a ping uh, about a day later. Fucking hell. She got the ping. She filled in all of her information. Um, and do you want to guess what the NHS COVID app told her to do after she filled in her information? I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and be like, so it told her to self-isolate, right, Carl? It told her that she was fine. So the NHS COVID app, which cost about a billion dollars, I think a billion and a half dollars. Something ridiculous, yeah. Um, to make, can't even tell that someone was sat within like four or five foot of someone who tested positive for COVID for a week straight. And it advised them that they were fine and that they weren't at risk of having it. My girlfriend tested positive the next day. Yeah. But if she'd have, like, say she was my next door neighbor... Yeah. And, you know, like, she'd been in close proximity that way. Oh, you know, we stood in the elevator together, or, like, been to the gym. Mm-hmm. Anything like that. Or anyone else. Or, like, someone has the next one on a train. Or in a couple of feet on a train. They, they could have easily just got excited, that's how I did. I yeah. got it, presumably, from, like, you know, going to the gym or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they would have got that and said, oh, no, you're fine, you can go out. And it would have been until a couple of days later they'd have, like, felt sick themselves. And then taking the test. And this, this is why, like, you know... It spread so it, much, yeah. It but also, so much how in... can the app not know? But last thing, how this is why people say like such fucking negative things about this app because it's just so inconsistent. You might as well just fucking flip a coin every day. Yeah. That's me, like she's been sat next to me. Our phones mm-hmm. were next to each other. Yep. At one point. So they charged next to the, in the same fucking plug socket. It, it could have like, you know, if you had NFC on, could have just there sat there and just messaged each other like, you know what? Carl's got COVID. Like, stay indoors. It's like that's how close your phones would would have been together. Yeah. And she got given the all clear, and like, if she'd have wanted to, because at that point she could have left the house. Yep. And she could have gone anywhere and spread COVID to anybody that she met up with. And the she amount of people is... that a ignore the app, but b only isolate or try to do anything if the app specifically tells them they have to. Yeah, it's like, I'm only going to do it if you specifically tell them that I do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and someone's asking like, how strict like uh, restrictions in your area. Well, they're entirely self-imposed. And it's like, At um, this point, uh, pretty uh, much everything is on the onus of the, the population. Yeah, the individual. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking it very seriously and I'll be isolating until um, the day that I'm going to get the all clear and I'll be taking a test on that day. Same with my missus. And so I was asking, how do you get food? Luckily, uh, we'd just gone for a massive food shop a couple of days prior and a friend of mine did like a care package drop where he's just like, here's mm. a loaf of bread, some milk. Just left it outside the front door. And here's one of the funny ones. Cause it's like, uh, my girlfriend's like, well, I need some ladies things. I need some ladies things. You've got to be inside for like, you know, 12 days. So she's got one of her friends to drop stuff off. We were sat down yesterday like, can you hear something? I'm like, yeah. 
Sounds like someone's at the front door and it was a friend who's just posting <laughs> the sanitary fucking products through the front door. It's like, we appreciate you doing it, but it's just that thing, just one by one through door. So she Not just bother. like a text, I've left it outside the front. Just like, mm. one by one, it's that fucking... It's out. like they know you're in. Yeah, well definitely, I've never been more in. Oh god, that's fantastic. Yeah, that was quite funny. But yeah, that's what it's been like having it. And presumably, like, I'm over the worst of it now. So, like, my next eight days of, of uh, self-isolation is going to be sat inside, not doing very much. And annoyingly, oh, thankfully, um, uh, we were able to get some of the recording stuff back to my house. Mm. And then that means as well, like, you know, obviously, before, like, you come, uh, I, I go to visit you in Sheffield again and go to the office. Like, we'll make sure that, everybody's, you know, nice and COVID-free and stuff. That's the one, yeah. Mm -hmm. And presumably, like, you know, obviously you guys will be because you've uh, isolated all that time, etc., etc. We've we've isolated that entire time, and we're going to, like, you know, have to make sure everything is um, uh, sterilised for anyone comes in. Mm -hmm. Because we've got all the stuff in to do. It's just, what a fucking ball ache. And you can see why people just give up. Yeah, totally. Because when I was like, when I was there on my phone, my girlfriend asked what I'm doing, so I'm filling in my information. She's like, again, so yeah, it's the third time it's asked me to fill in the same bit of information. And you just give up. Yeah. Is that I when would. it's saying, like, tell, um, fill in every place you've been in the last, like, you know, week and a half, including, like, postcodes? It's like, how the fuck do I know the postcode of my gym? <laughs> so I'm going to, um, because I can see on just the video version. I'm getting slowly just encompassed by the darkness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. He's getting a bit dark around here. It's all good. So just give me, like... No problem. So what I'll do is I'll I'll just sneak behind my PC and turn my lighting up a bit. No worries, because we are recording this live. So the people watching live, I am going to plan to, like, stream and stuff while I'm at home. The stuff that I have available is quite limited. Mm -hmm. So I don't have my Xbox with me. That's at the office. So I can't do any more of my Destroy All Humans playthrough. There's not really much I can do in that regard, but I'm going to try to, um, uh, you know, just stay as online as I can because otherwise, what the fuck else am I going to do? Because I've, I, we can't record. Thankfully, we're ahead on fact theme videos. So, if anyone wondering what about fact theme videos, we're way ahead on all of them. Don't worry about fact theme videos. We have so many of them in reserve. We've not even gotten to ones we start recording in person yet. Um, the, the one exception that might be. As Lucas gets back, Wiki Weekends. Oh, like we've hello. still got enough of them, right? I would say Wiki Weekends. We've still got enough of them in reserve, haven't we? Uh, we started. Yeah, because like I've still got another one or something to edit left. There's a couple think... more that can um, that have been recorded in the office between you and I. Yeah. Yeah, there's still like four or five of them left. Like Wiki Weekends are the thing we're most likely to run out of. Yeah, but if we run out of Wiki Weekends, like we've still got the the fat theme regular videos going out. Yeah, we've got absolutely, um, uh, like, we're stonked on co- in regards to content. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing as well. You know someone's going to ask that, and I get it. Um, the uh, relationship they have with me is entirely superficial, and they, for the most part, people only really give a fuck about the videos we release. It's just one of those things that I, it feels so cold Yeah, that I can make an announcement like, yeah, I'm just, like, you know, at home recovering from the pandemic that has ravaged the globe and you know for a fact someone's first question is going to be what about fact theme videos though it's like well i'm gonna focus on getting better and not dying but carl content yeah content right so yes like fact theme content will continue unimpeded and in fact um uh, you won't um no one will notice that it's um uh, 
that I've been ill or indisposed for about two weeks. And that's the thing Personal is, you know, content. this has literally disrupted our plans because I was meant to be up in Sheffield, like, what, yesterday or the day before or whatever, like, recording more Wiki Weekends. Yeah, we're going more Wiki Weekends and personal content for our own stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's just, it's, I think we've talked about that, haven't we, a couple of times of um, people's only real attachment to creators is, like, what they put out. And because of that, it must it's so just uh, dehumanizing <laughs> to be on the receiving end of, like, oh, I hear, I'm suffering. Um, with a horrible illness. It's like, but what about me, though? Have you thought about how that impacts me, personally? You don't know. It's like, not really now. No, and it's it's great that, like, they can turn it around that way, but do it the opposite way of, like, well, I just want to be left alone and provide content. Like, no, 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 no. We need to know all about your personal life. But when we don't <laughs> give a shit about your personal life, we don't give a fuck and we just want the content. That's the thing. It's um, a catch-22, isn't mm-hmm. it? You're going to get people from both sides of the aisle approaching you in that regard. But I just, I thought I'd answer that because I know it's going to be a question that's going to be asked of what's going to happen to Fat Fiend content. It's still going to go up. Mm. Like Even if I fucking died, we've still got enough stuff for it to go up. Not for very long. Not for very long, no, because <laughs> that, I've, got the, I've got all the rest of the footage hidden away. That's true. You've got most of it on your, uh, your work PC, haven't you? Yeah, no one's got my password. It dies with me. I'm going to do what Terry Pratchett did. Do you know when he died? He had like a bunch of uncompleted, uh, incomplete manuscripts and his uh, close friend and the guy in charge of his estate uh, was under strict orders when Terry Pratchett died to run it over a steamroller. It was like, what a fucking legend. Like he says, when I die, you have to. If you want to, as the executive might say, you need to get all my hard drives and run over them with a steamroller. No one's allowed to see my unfinished work. It all fucking dies with me. I respect I that res- move. It's th- because you have, like, what is it? How much art has been lost because people just died and then no one gave a fuck and threw it all away. But the idea that he actively destroyed it. <laughs> but I more like that idea than the idea that somebody else comes in and finishes your work. That's it, yeah. I think that's what he was worried about. Mm-hmm. Do you like with um, George R. R. Martin? Well, how pissed off he must get of like every time he does an interview. What about if you die? He goes, well, if I die, I'm not fucking bothered, am I? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I hope he has the same deal where he's just like, here's the real ending to Game of Thrones. And he's just like, you know, it's put into his coffin. Viking funeral style. Yeah. They attach it just, to a flaming arrow like, shooting. He's there coffin. with his hands just like, you know, across his chest. And then, oh, God, it froze. Oh, it's frozen again. No. Oh. I want to scream. Oh, just murdered me. There we go. Give me a sec. You froze again. Yeah, I know. Just, it we, is my internet you, cutting out every now. I literally died. I died. <laughs> you froze. You froze just like that you was were dead. perfect timing. <laughs> just there. You just froze <laughs> in time, pretending to be dead. What a wonderfully meta thing to happen. Oh, God. Because I was like, you know what? It froze, but at least it froze at the perfect time. It was me just going like, you know what? It'd be great if George R. R. Martin just had that book in his hands, like the last book, just as he's he's getting put on the fucking, on the uh, the boat out to sea. Just fuck it. But That'd be fucking incredible. I wish they'd do it. I wish more creators like Terry Pratchett, like, fuck you. You don't get to read my work. Yeah. I'm dead. It's like, it's like the opposite of like what the estates of Michael Jackson and Prince releasing music after they're already dead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh come on! And it like 
doesn't it happen all the time with like well for example uh the one that comes to the top of my head is like using tom clancy's name still in stuff that oh, he had yeah. nothing to do with where ubisoft are like yeah tom clancy's rainbow six in uh it, i can't even remember what the fucking new one's called but it's got like aliens and shit in it and it's like did tom clancy want this to go this way to be fair, if I was Tom Clancy when he was alive, I because one of the things about people who maybe don't know about Tom Clancy is that he had absolutely no military experience whatsoever. Oh, Everyone really? assumed that he did because his novels were not only almost entirely about militaristic things and like you know based on his military interests, but they were super accurate to the point where he genuinely got questioned by military officials like, "How did you know about this?" Like, some of the stuff in his books was so accurate to stuff that was either top secret or close to it. They're like, well, how did you know? Who do you, like, what's your experience? He's like, like well, who's your no man experience. on the inside kind of thing? Which is what it became, yeah. Cause initially, it was thought that he had experience, but it was so classified that it was just hidden. <laughs> it turns out, no, it wasn't. He was just a dude. And he, just, he was a fucking weird nerd in regards to military stuff. And then it became, who's your man on the inside? Nobody. I just read a lot, and you'd be surprised at the stuff that gets leaked. Hmm. And if I was Tom Clancy when he's alive and I had that knowledge that people think that I know something people don't, I'd start putting aliens and shit in. Just so people think <laughs> aliens are real. Just start saying, yeah, there's I aliens mean, are real. Well, you know? that's what you would do as Tom Clancy. I don't think Tom Clancy, like, you know, yeah, looking, looking down buff. or above in the afterlife. I don't, I'm not sure, not sure which way that would go. But uh, yeah, just like, what did you do, Ubisoft? Like, again? Like, for fucks, I never wrote any of this shit. Like, get it yeah, on. Yeah, because he was, like, a huge nerd and a stickler for detail. Mm-hmm. So he's probably like, you're putting aliens and shit in my books? Stop that. Yeah. Like, I'm, st- I'm still pissed off, though. Like, speaking of aliens and, like, military content, like, they never did that proposed uh, modern version of Nazi zombies from, like, the World at War games that they did for Call of Duty of alien terrorists. I want alien oh, terrorists, okay, man. right. I want the horde mode with alien terrorists. Oh god! Well, it's a good thing that we don't have to worry about Call of Duty anymore, isn't it? You can just like oh, what's happened to God? Blank slate that out of my mind and be like, "Fuck that company!" It's dead to me. Activision, Activision Blizzard. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah fuck well, those companies, I guess, and Ubisoft. Can we talk about that guy who just imploded his own career for absolutely no reason? Oh, this dickhead. That was great, John Gibson. Is that what his name? Can was? we just yeah? Can we talk about him because that's a really funny story because it's it's so self-inflicted and there was absolutely no reason for him to say it yep other than you know what i'm a white man and my voice needs to be heard on the internet right so let's set the scene here lucas i'm I'm just gonna i can see you doing some screen searching there you googling this the details here or should i get them up uh you get them up because i was just changing the settings on my fan okay (laughs) i'm just really the set the settings on my fan, no problems. I have uh, the like you know the basic details here. Uh, it is uh, got it here. Right, so oh, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful, Lucas. I've just checked the guy's Twitter profile, and he no longer links to the company he works for. I don't think he works for them anymore. Uh, he's still the co-owner. Right, I don't think he's. In, I think he got fired, but he might still. Yes. Like, have in and that's the that's the murky thing about all this which shit. we can discuss in a moment yeah. Yeah. so let's set the scene first and it is uh there is a guy out there john gibson at ram jaeger um on twitter and he was 
the CEO for Tripwire. Is it Tripwire Entertainment or is it just Tripwire? Trip, Tripwire. Tripwire Interactive. Oh, Interactive. Studios, Interactive, but... there we go. And they've um, published um, such games as Chivalry, Killing Floor, and Maneater. And just for absolutely no reason... Oh, he deleted the tweet as well. Oh, of course he did. He got, he got fucking he dunked on within hours. He deleted that shit so early. Oh, man. The thing is, for a guy who's so pro-life, why is he so keen to kill his career? Fucking hell. So let's find you know, a screenshot of the tweet then. Because I hate that he's allowed to do this. I think if you get ratioed enough... The tweet needs to be just like put into like a Twitter museum of bad takes. <laughs> we need to make a Twitter museum of bad takes for all the people who got ratioed to fuck and then try to delete it to pretend it wasn't them. So let's find a screenshot of the tweet as well. I'm just sure if you, you just search Gibson. a news article for the... I'm searching for images, yeah. John Gibson tweet. There we go. He's trying to hide it now. It's like, we can find him. We can track him. We can... uh, Lucas, he tried to delete something on the internet. What a fucking fool. <laughs> okay, so we have here. So and on... Um, the 9th of the 4th, 4th of the 9th, fuck's sake. I hate the American fucking date sisters. So the 4th of September. Mm-hmm. He tweeted out, proud of the hashtag USS, uh, the US Supreme Court, affirming the Texas law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat. As an entertainer, I don't get political often, yet with so many vocal peers on the other side of the issue, I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer. So he tweeted that seemingly out of nowhere because he's never tweeted anything political before. Hmm. Mostly just just generic stuff of like, go check out this game my company made, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I've seen um, like in now that people have been going back and looking through all of the old stuff, there's like, you know, interviews and stuff that he's done where, yeah, maybe we, we should have seen this coming a bit earlier, but... But he was never a notable enough political, not political. He's never been a notable enough uh, media figure for his political opinions to really like get on anyone's radar. And which I think is why it's like, so there's, a, there's a big difference between somebody just sitting there and saying that they are pro-life, which is something that you can, I, you know, I will disagree with, but I'm not going to say that you should be fired for saying that. It's to say, like specifically, I'm pro-life and I agree with this Texas decision, which is probably one of the most prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like pieces of legislation Fucking ever disgusting. introduced in the United States in regards to women's rights to control the, and have autonomy over their own body mm-hmm. to the point where like it's one of like, you've got the church of fucking Satan coming in for the assist wait what? Well, that's another thing we talk about. Okay, like, so I want to hear all Satan's like trying. To Satan's cut, so don't worry, ladies. Satan's got your back and your uterus. He's like sorting all that shit out. But um, yeah, it's horribly, horribly restrictive and. One of the details of it that is especially heinous is that uh, there is like a new whistleblower incentive introduced where members of the public are essentially deputized um, to report women for getting an abortion and get a $10,000 um, bounty it for doing so. also anyone like aiding and abetting within yeah. the abortion, yeah. Or suspected of doing so. Hmm. So essentially this is just a um, uh, just the Karen law. Well, if you just think your neighbour's done something wrong, you can call them up and get paid for it. But Carl, stitches get snitches. Snitches yeah. get it, stitches. I said and it stitches. And it's fucking quickly. awful. Um, especially since as well, like, um, uh, just it can happen if you've had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So now just imagine put yourself in the position of a woman. I know like some of the people, the men, like John Gibson, they can't empathise with women. Doesn't seem like it. But like, if you are capable of empathy, imagine being a woman who's had a miscarriage, one of the most like heartbreaking, gut-wrenching things to possibly happen. So you're like, emotionally draining and like just, just soul-destroying. Mm-hmm. Um, then some dickhead 
reports you to um, uh, the government and you get charged, they get 10 grand and watch you go to prison for life. Because like, if they know that you were pregnant and you're not, they could just be like, well, fuck it, I'll get 10 grand if I report an abortion. Yeah, it's like what I didn't add, the miscarriage, now prove it, undergo this invasion. It's like awful. And I don't think I've seen a single person I know or follow say anything positive about this. Even people I know who are pro-life are like, fucking hell. Yeah, like, I do not want to know or talk to or associate with anybody that supports this law. This is like, this is disgusting and this is a huge step backwards. It is, like, so regressive. And this guy, out of nowhere, is like, great, I'm a pro-life developer. And it very quickly became one of the most ratioed things on Twitter that day. Mm -hmm. This guy was being dunked on. And what makes it... It's one of those situations where... A rare situation where the dunkings are just so consistent. Everybody is in complete agreement this guy is wrong. And even, like, Like, um, one of the studios that worked with Tripwire immediately immediately put a statement, like, we're cancelling all contracts with you. Like... We're cancelling no. our contracts. Like, people working under him are, like, in turn, like, fuck this fucking mm-hmm. dude. We hate him. Why is he being such a beast? Like, why is he saying this? But uh, do you remember, it's like, do you remember that story a couple months ago now where, like, a guy who worked for Stadia just said, oh, if you want to play games on Twitch, you should pay oh. licenses to us? Yeah, th- that guy that came up again recently, he came up, like, multiple times over the... I can't remember what the last one was, but he keeps coming up over and over again every few months, like... Oh look, this person had another asshole take. Yeah, but like, remember that, and it was the reason I'm bringing it up is because it was so universally dunked on. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't a single person in the industry that guy worked for, include up to and including fucking Google, mm. like the biggest company on earth, and like you know his employer directly or indirectly was like, "You're a fucking moron. We distance ourselves from your take." The same thing happened with this John Gibson dude where it's like every notable person in the industry, including people working with or for him, were like, fucking, what are you on about? Yeah. Go away. Shut up. Um, and, he, and he got fired. I'm wondering like, if I can quickly just click on this guy's profile and find out the last thing that he did. But I don't think I'll be able to. Because like, it's, Maybe not. it's Alex, Hutchin- Alex Hutchinson. I remember his name because like, Basically, he keeps coming up as like, oh, this guy's a massive twat. Because he realised that being a bellend gets him news clicks. Yeah. And it doesn't it matter was... if I'm wrong as long as I'm visible. Yeah, exactly. He's totally gone down for that because he's also, you know, had other things where it's like he didn't want females in like the video game because it was too much effort and stuff like that. Like female oh, that not characters bad? and like the... Um, the There was other ones. I can't quite remember. There's just a bevy of lists of things that he said that are just awful takes. Yeah, but what cracks me up so much about this dude, like just the tweet in general, is that um, until he deleted it, his profile is a picture of him wearing like a gas mask. And then above it, it says in massive letters, killing floor incursion. And then it's just got a tweet that says, I'm pro-life. And I think it was Maddox, who I didn't even know was still a thing anymore. Just summed it up by saying the guy who owns the company that made Killing Floor 1, Killing Floor 2, Killing Floor something or other um, wants to let you know that he's pro-life. Um, it's like guy who runs company that exclusively makes video games, near exclusively makes video games where you horribly murder people. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you saw about this. The, what's that? The Killing Floor, um, like the songs in it or music in it 
Yeah, they're all like weird Christian. Well, ones. it's like his weird Christian metal band that he oh, put no. in the game that is like got lyrics like "fuck it, you can't pray at school" and shit like this, and like all, all pro life messages. I saw like that like um. Uh... Uh, leave it oh, actually, no, I checked. It's uh, his, his tweet's still there. It's, just, it's not there anymore because it's like so heavily ratioed. It's like he's just hidden from his account. So he's still got it up. Nice and proud right there for you. So he's not been deleted, Lucas. I have to do that one. But what's really funny is the tweet just below that is him like, I'm at PAX West. And you can clearly see in the photo he's not wearing a mask and there's a massive sign behind him that says mask required. Of course. Right. And it's just... it. So perfect, it's based on that Jordan Klepper interview, that really great one where he's at a mask or uh, Trump rally. And he asks the guy, are you pro-life? Because yes. Would you do anything to safeguard human life? Absolutely, 100%. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Well, that's a personal choice. And it's just, that's all you need. That is those... And I think it's summed up as like just a four-panel um, interaction mm. of just those two sentences back-to-back. Are you pro-life? Would you do anything to safe, safeguard human life? Yes, I would, 100%. Why are you wearing a mask? It's my choice. <laughs> That's all you need. And Carl, just to clarify, I just found the tweet. It was from uh, Imran Khan. And it says, like, okay, in about five minutes of research, it's become clear tripwire president John Gibson put his own Christian metal band in Killing Floor 2, including the song uh, Disunion Reconstructed, which featured these lyrics. And would you like to hear some of these lyrics, Carl? Uh, okay, before we talk about this, can we just say that Christian metal and rock? Yeah, okay, I get it. But I can never not think of that Hank Hill quote where he's talking to a Christian rock band. It's like, you're not making rock, you're not making um, Christianity better. You're making rock and roll worse. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just like, it's so shit because it's like, I can't think of anything less metal than Christianity. <laughs> Like, just strictly following a like, hyper-regressive religious dogma. Yeah, that says heavy metal to me. It does. There's a reason they pray to fucking Satan. <laughs> Satan's, like, all in. He lets you do anything you want. But would you like to get a little glimpse into into his mind? The mindset of John Gibson. So what is he in this band? Is he the singer? I don't know. It just says... I bet he's the bassist. It just says his I own... bet he's the fucking bassist. <laughs> it just says his own that... Christian metal band. Is that shit? Um, but it says... To start with, out of these four pictures, one of the uh, the phrases is like one of the verses is "Who gives a shit about politics?" I'd says like man to who share a thing or says two man politics. Says man who inserted his own political opinion randomly out of nowhere about an issue that literally does not affect him. Yeah, because got he doesn't care about politics, Carl. No, who gives a shit? That's the thing. People always say who cares about politics. People care so much about it. Mm-hmm. They care so much. <laughs> Um, you see, Carl, evil infiltrated our government, and and it were a masquerading of sentiment. That's how. It, that's how. That's what it's written. Lyrics don't always have to like you know be read out loud. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, is... evil infiltrated our government, and it is wearing a mask of sentiment behind it. Um, the thing is, though, you could say like this would be a great song if it was about Republicans. <laughs> yeah, but it would be about Democrats. You know it is. Yeah, the, they're wearing a mask of we're here to protect women. It's like, no, you're here to control women. Mm-hmm. Which is the shame, isn't it? Where it's, it's always so ironic that people like this so loudly rally against liberal like, politics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which, like, you know essentially are just espousing the ability to choose 
and live live your life through the way you want. And they frame it as you're not being given a choice. It's like we're giving you the most choice. We just don't want you to take away someone else's, unless that choice is being a dick, which is seemingly what your only the only thing you want to do. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, oh no, but you know, we want to be really nice to our community and like be you know share the love also, by controlling so everyone. It, Someone in my chat is talking about Skillet being a Christian metal band, and the lead singer of that band is a huge piece of shit. He's a huge, huge piece of shit. He's exact. He's one of these people. Yep. Anyway, so go on, give me more of these like really bad like uh, lyrics. Well, the next verse, or one of the next verses, that I forgot to tell you that you can't pray at school. I hope that you know that you can pray. No, yeah, separation of church and state, you fucking moron. Yeah. It's literally the foundation of your country. The founding document makes this very clear. Um, separation of church and state is what your country was built upon. Carl, please don't mention Christ on the job. Wonder why I'm feeling like I have been robbed. So, yeah, this guy is just like, well, I'm not allowed to speak about my own religion anywhere. Yes, you are. You're in a Christian metal band. You're singing it on a stage to people <laughs> who paid to see you. People are paying to hear it. Like you get to put this song in a video game and sell it to people. People are like he's presumably if he's in a band, people are paying to hear him sing. Like he's saying people like, don't want to hear his song. People are paying to hear it. They're paying to hear you say this. It's like fucking. The irony is lost on them. The self-awareness is non-existent. Mm-hmm. It's like Joe Rogan, isn't it? When he said white that eventually cap- white guys won't be able to say anything anymore or be heard anymore. A, a month after he got paid $50 million to say whatever the fuck he wants. And get listened to by day. the most amount of people of any podcast ever, but no. It's so, like, there's no self-awareness. Oh, God. Carl, I'll move on. Yeah, and what, one of the things that was really funny about this is obviously, yeah, he's stepped down. I think uh, whether forcefully or not. I think, it was, well. I think it was forceful. And um, what was really great uh, for a while was if you click the link in his profile, it's like, oh yeah, I work here. It just had a big statement saying, no, you don't. <laughs> it's like, you fucking fired. And fuck that dude. Oh yeah, completely fuck this guy. He can eat my ass with a spoon. And Luke, you said you weren't aware of like, you know, how Satan's helping all these ladies. Oh no, I'm not. You know where? It's okay. Um, someone in chat said it's the Satanic Temple, uh, not the Church of Satan, because they're two distinct entities. But um, okay. the, satati- uh, the Satanic Temple, um, to the best of my knowledge, is um, a ironic um, organization that um, takes advantage of the fact that so many um, regressive laws like this one often um, are based in religion. Yeah. Uh, they often cite religious freedom as the reasons for, like, you know, using. Uh, they use it as a club um, to like get these laws passed. Mm. So what the Church of Satan and um, uh, the Satanic Temple and like, you know organizations of their ilk do is say, okay, well, if that's the case, well, we're Satanists. Satanists are a registered religion. You can become a Satanist right now if you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, our religious freedom says we're allowed to do this. Uh, for example, uh, Joe, if you get in schools and stuff, they say, you know, let's pray. It's, yeah, separation of church and state. Um, if they try and do like, like Christian after school shit, the Church of Satan and Satanic Temple, they will come in and set up their own Satan one. Mm-hmm. So, well, if you're allowing this, you've got to allow us. Because this is a religious the... club. Yeah, they cite the same thing. And normally, uh, because morons don't want to like, know, have set the word Satan mm-hmm. in schools, they'll back down. 
Okay. And that's how they do it. And you know what? If, like, if you want to be allowed to, like, pray in school or whatever, I think that that totally should be allowed. I think, like, you shouldn't yeah, be restricted from expressing your religion in that, you know, in a safe way, of course. Um, and in a personal in way. In a personal way. And you shouldn't, like, you know, be letting it seep over to other people. But I don't agree that it should be, like, yeah, forced upon children to, like, all become Christians or whatever. Unless it's in, like, you know, a private Christian school like we have over here. And that's, like, its own, like, kettle of fish. Mm -hmm. And they'll do the same thing when they try and put up, like, monuments. Like, you know, we've got to put a big Christian cross in a public space. Because, well, a public space should be secular. Like, you shouldn't have any particular, mm -hmm. you know, religious um, iconography there. Unless you, if you're going to do that, you've got to have them all. And if you're going to have them all, why don't you put a power? Why don't you put Baphomet? Where's our god? Where's the evil Satan god? And like, there's a, I think it's in the documentary on Netflix. And I think the guy who runs it's called like Lucian Greaves or something like that. It's like, or Lucian Graves maybe it is. Mm. Like he changed his name to sound more evil. And um, they had a huge big fight with this um, uh, like public park, local ordinance somewhere. Like, okay, we've paid to have a giant metal statue of our demon goat lord made. We want to have this in a public square. Because if you're going to have religious iconography there, we've got to have ours. And that's how they do it. They basically, they use um, Satan um, as a way to highlight the hypocrisy of religious organizations and show that, you know, and, and, and scare Christians into, like, you know, backing off from this sort of thing. Because they realize yeah. if they use the law to allow them to do it, then the floodgates will open. Like, fuck it, Satan's coming too. Yeah, exactly. And um, I was going to ask is, like, do you know... Because I know, like, on the census, you can put yourself down as a Jedi. Satanist. I believe you can be a Satanist. I was going to say yes. Jedi. It is uh, Jedi. You can put yourself on sure. the UK census as a Jedi. That is an option. And I'm wondering mm. if you could do that, but with, like, instead of, like, the demon goat hell, look, you could just be, I want a statue of Darth fucking Vader. In, in public, right next to your cross. Like, I want that shit. Well, that's the thing. If it was a religion, you'd have to, like, go for, like, whatever the religious... Um, well, the religious deities are. I guess you'd have to put like Yoda canon. there, like the the, know, the Jedi Master. You'd have to go to like Wikipedia and find out what gods they worship. If they but worship any the gods, way, yeah. But one of essentially they just use um, religious uh, these religious like loopholes or these loopholes that religions use to get uh, break what is essentially like, you know the founding document of the United States, like, you know separation of church and state. They try and sort. They highlight the hypocrisy. Like, if you're going to let this in, you've got to let Satan in too. And they're trying to do the same thing with this um, rule in Texas, where, okay, there's a religious exemption. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, there is. It's Texas. And if there's a religious exemption, it is an ethos, a tenant of the Satanist religion, that uh, bodily autonomy is very important. Mm. And that getting a, like, you know, access to an abortion is a, like, you know, just a founding tenant of our religion. And if that's the case, you have to allow a religious exemption for Satanists to get an abortion. Um, I mean, obviously, that is great. I'm wondering how muddy that gets. Of like, that, that's why they're doing it. Proving the they don't... Like, proving that you are, we, you know, part of that church. You can join the church. You can join the church. But, you can join it for a couple of dollars and they'll send you a card. As well, what my other thought was, was like, so does that mean that the doctors are aiding in those like religious exemption abortions they're not allowed to get prosecuted for that right well, that's what the thing that's part of the reason they're doing it they, they they don't expect it in a lot of these cases to go 
um, and I get enshrined in law, mm. is to highlight the hypocrisy. Yeah, of course. And it's that thing, if you've got a headline saying that um, people are using religious exemptions for the Church of Satan or whatever the fuck to go get an abortion, like that, just, ha- wait, what? You can get a loophole around a law mm-hmm. by saying you believe in Satan? That's fucking stupid. So yeah, now swip it out, uh, swap it around. How stupid does it sound? Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think, like, you know... I'm probably butchering a lot of the details there, but yeah. um, there is a documentary about the Church of Satan or the um, Satanic Temple on Netflix, and it shows like how they go about doing this. And they just go to places where um, religious groups are trying to use loopholes in the law to um, get their messages and doctrines um, into schools and public places and just take advantage of those same loopholes to get them shut down. It's just, um, like, I I often, I don't want to get too, too like, political about this, or, uh, any more than we already have, I guess. But, like, um, mm-hmm. I just, I think, like, religion is good for a lot of things, but I, I, the moment, like, religion and politics stop mixing like this is when I'm just, it's like, awful. burn it all down. Like, I fucking What well, is it supposed it. to be, like, you know... Uh, well, I'm trying to think like uh, satanic because the actual rules of it as well satanic temple rules so I've got like the website up now the satanic temple would you like to know about their rules uh, yeah sure because like I'm very so, intrigued it's because they're just like you know fairly standard rules for living and they are supposedly based in um, uh, like you know the tenets that like Satan himself um, uh, would espouse oh, okay because, like uh, if, if you follow um, Christian mythology pretty accurate. If you follow it accurately, like um, Satan is not evil per se, and mm-hmm. um, he's just tasked with punishing sinners. Like you know, Satan is a fallen angel yeah. in almost every version of um, uh, the Christian mythology. Yeah, there was like been a couple of reinterpretations of what Satan is. It's like, well, God will punish you uh, for not striving or for not being as perfect as he is. Satan accepts you for who you are, <laughs> flaws and all. Like Satan's actually a pretty cool dude. And um, we have it here. So we are publicly confronted of uh, uh, the Satanic Temple. We are publicly confronted hate groups for the abo- um, abolition of corporal punishment in pu- uh, public schools, apply for equal representation when religious install- installations are placed on public property. I probably should have read this first, to be fair. Yeah. Provide a religious exemption and legal protection against laws that unscientifically restrict women's reproductive autonomy, exposed harmful pseudoscientific practitioners in mental health care. Organise clubs alongside other religious after-school clubs in schools besieged by proselytising organisations and engage in other advocacy in accordance with our tenants. So that's essentially what they do. They just use uh, this platform. Like, no, fuck you. You stop trying to sneak Jesus in at school. Jesus is, like, fucking lame. Satan's where it's at. So we have it. (laughs) There are seven fundamental tenets of the Satanic Temple. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. And that's like the important one there. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that they can they use often. Um, like Joe, when you have like those religious schools like forcing kids to undergo like gay conversion therapy and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, no, fuck you. It's your body. Mm-hmm. It was given to you by Satan. And Satan wants you to look after it. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach on the freedoms of others or another um, is to forgo, um, forgo one's own. Also, apologies for uh, my, my 
slight lack of reading comprehension here. I've got the Rona. <laughs> Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care to never distort scientific fact to fit one's own beliefs. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that may have been caused. And finally, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. I mean, yeah. I can't really argue with any of that. Like, maybe we should join the Church of Satan, Carl. Or is it the Church of Satan that this is reading from? No, this is... This, they actually have something like the Satanic Temple versus the Church of Satan. Oh, okay. In only seven years, the Satanic Temple has become a primarily... The primary religious Satanic organisation in the world with congregations internationally and a number of high-profile public campaigns designed to preserve and advance secularism and individual liberties. The rise of a satanic temple has been met with an increase in commentary regards to what Satanism is, um, as media outlets struggle to grasp how this upstart religion has begun to shift religious liberty debates with claims of equal access. And that's essentially like why it was started. I think just the guy who started it got really pissed off. It was like, well, if you're going to... And I think it was just over a statue of Jesus. It was like, fuck you, I want to put a big <laughs> Satan statue there then. Uh, with unfortunate regularity and much to our own chagrin, uh, the satanic temple is confused... Um, with an early organization, the Church of Satan, founded by Anton um, Sazandor LaVey in the 1960s. The Church of Satan expresses vehement opposition to the campaigns and activities of the Satanic Temple, asserting themselves as the only true arbiters of Satanism, while the Satanic Temple dismisses the Church of Satan as irrelevant and inactive. So it's like, you know what? Fittingly, uh, there's a little bit of argument about what Satan like, you know, means and represents. Yeah, and you know, the the satanic temple will sound pretty chill. Well, that's the whole idea yeah. behind it. So maybe and maybe I'll just, What's the word? Is it like Satanist? Uh, well, that's the thing. Um, you define yourself however you want. That's one of the core beliefs of it. It's one of the... Like, you know, it's central to their belief system. Okay. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try and come up with like a, a nice term to, to use for Is myself. It? This individual liberty is the um, most important tenant of it, and it's um, up to you to decide how you define yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as like when I did um, research for an article. It's not been published yet. It's like you know, it's been years now since I wrote it. But for um, it's, uh, so what's, what's that evil religion? Scientology. Oh yeah. I like I was like, what's that evil religion called? Scientology. Oh, there we God. go. And um, if you just read um, the religious information they put out about like you know what Scientology is on paper it's a pretty um, uh, like open and tolerant religion that largely espouses and encourages one to use their own um, sense of morality yeah um, in regards to like you know moral judgments of uh, things like that I mean like for example it's open to you being gay it's open to like you know it especially tells people like your own body um, like is you know your own mm -hmm. and it's like you know a divine object um it is like you know of the almost important that only you have control over it so they even support things like abortions and then it's just in practice Scientology's not really like that that's how they get you in i i told you about that that time that i went to the like shop of scientology didn't i and, and they try to get you yeah in. and it's like um they had like a, a like high street store rented out to and try and convert it, yeah. people into scientology we were just there in Hamburg, like, we need to go in. 
we can't not go in. Like, there's a big just Scientology like room to just walk into yeah. and see what happens. And yeah, it was espousing a lot of like things that might make you oh yeah, but then you actually look into a lot of the other things that they don't tell you at the start. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, and that was one of the things that struck me when I was writing that article because um, I believe the article's headline or the, the tagline for it was or the thing that inspired it is like, what do Scientologists actually believe? Because mm-hmm. much has been written about them, much has been said about Scientology, but like, what is it? Like, what is it like to be a practicing Scientologist? And the question like was asked by a, a, um, a reader after I found out was like, do they celebrate holidays? Are there any holidays in mm. Scientology? Like, what, you know, is there a religious doctrine? Like, uh, what are you allowed and not allowed to do? Right. And if you just read um, what they've put out, um, like, you know, as it is without you letting the outside influence or the outside information you know about the religion influence your decision, um, it's pretty open and tolerant. And, like, for example, you can celebrate stuff like Christmas, mm. you can celebrate birthdays. Um, you are highly encouraged to celebrate the birthday of the founder of the religion, um, L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard and stuff like that, but like, that's an entirely other um, kettle of fish. But I found it quite interesting that um, Scientologists are allowed to celebrate Christmas, and in fact are allowed to celebrate any um, event, a religious event that um, espouses the benefits of tolerance and peace to all men. I mean, that would be kind of a good way to get around only like having one holiday like Christmas off, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, 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 I'm a Scientologist and I celebrate all of the, the nice polite holidays. Like, yeah. I'll also have Hanukkah off. Like, fuck it. Just give it to me. It's like, and you get L. Ron Hubbard's birthday off as well. And that's something you could do. It's like, you know, I'm a member of the Church of Satan. Not the Church of it's Satan, like, oh, so yeah, Satan, Carl. Oh, we're, we're falling for it. We've done we it. Don't, we're not part of the Church of Satan, Carl. It's the Satanic Temple, yeah. yeah. My bad to those guys because they, they are fighting a good fight out there. But that was something that struck me as very odd. Because like when I went in writing an article, like, well, there's no fucking way like Scientology's like gonna let people, I don't know, be gay. Mm. When you hear it, it's like, no, according to like, you know, the religious um uh, like text that I've read, like they one hundred percent support people being whoever they are. In practice, they don't. And yeah. you, we've all heard the stories about Scientology, but right there in black and white. Their biggest it. mandate is that you never shut up about Scientology. <laughs> it is, yeah. Well, that's the only thing that you have to do in order to become a Scientologist. But that did um, strike me as quite odd because I wasn't expecting that. It's like when I did an article on um, how do Muslims pray in space. Because mm. people don't know when Muslims pray, I believe usually five times a day, uh, they face towards Mecca or as close to it as they're able to approximate. Mm. And um, like, well, how do you do that in space? Because you've got because to try and figure out where you are in like correlation to Mecca, but you're like Mecca. above it or like the other side of the planet to it. Like how, how does that yeah. work? And yeah. also you're in a space station that's constantly re- yeah. like rotating at like, you know, sometimes thousands of miles per hour. There is no way you can ever accurately face Mecca unless you were also rotating, which would be an amazing thing <laughs> of like, just have like praying stations where it just rotates you at a super high RPM. And uh, they actually, this is one of those questions that they brought in actual Muslim scholars. They had a huge, big, um, a meeting of uh, Muslim scholars and like high-ranking members of the Muslim community. It's like, how does a Muslim astronaut pray in space? Mm. And they eventually came to the conclusion that um, as long as one tries their best, because they also had a similar, arg- um, not argument, but a similar debate about, well, what about someone's paralyzed? Mm. 
if someone's paralyzed, how do they like you know go into the praying position? How do they show fealty yeah. to their God? And it's like, well, as long as in spirit you are trying. So they, um, what they said is, if you're a Muslim astronaut in space, if as long as you like, you know, make the best efforts to face Mecca the best way you can, and then just like, you know, close your eyes and just think about it. Mm. Even thinking about facing Mecca is enough. And I just thought yeah. it was a really interesting idea. That they've had that debate, and I, I love that solution of just not solution, but the more the ideology of just look. It doesn't technically matter as much as it does the fact that you're putting your spirit into it. Yeah, it's not the physical act of doing; it's the tr- act of trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, it's it's more a, it's a um, it's a symbolic thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the little bits of information I found while researching that um, is uh, one of the other debates that's arisen is: well, as man gets further and further out into the reaches of space, will Mecca become like you know? It's going to become less and less important. So, well, actually, no, it's going to become more important because it's you now it's a spiritual home of our religion. And, if, and they're asking all. Well, what about if you meet an alien? Because this is an actual question that's been asked. Like, what happens if they meet an alien? Okay. Should we be nice to the alien? And according to Muslim scholars, like, well, yes, it is. Uh, it is our duty as Muslims to explore all of Allah's creation mm-hmm. and share our love with all that He has created. So it is like, according to, um, like you know, scholars' readings of the Quran, it is Allah's wish that. Muslims not only explore space but be nice to aliens. It's like, that's yeah, awesome. The fact that that's yeah. a th- that's great. Yeah, like, and that's that's the way it should be. Is not like, oh, we are the the chosen beings on planet Earth, and we are the mm-hmm. only ones who deserve life or any bullshit like that. It's no. Essentially, the way that you should treat you know your your friends, your neighbors, like the people around you, treat aliens that way as well. As long as yeah. they're not firing lasers, at Asgard. They might do. You don't know if that might just be how they say hello, but I really liked the um, the phrase of "It is our duty to explore all of Allah's creation." Because that was the question. Like you know, the further we get from Earth, the further we are from Mecca. Is that not a bad thing for us? No, because you know, we're in a way we're celebrating um, God. We're celebrating Allah by exploring, like by you know, seeing all He's created. Mm. The further we go out, the more we're celebrating Him because we're you know, we're showing our love for him by doing our best to see more of what he's done yeah. it's like who knows what cool shit Allah's made for them out there we don't know there might be Mecca 2 out there I mean hopefully you know they haven't made another planet filled with just garbage people that just ruin the planet itself that would be nice there's the it? pilgrimage requirement yeah, and that's another one yeah like you know it's um, a, to make a pilgrimage toward Mecca and that's something that we're going to have to decide like what about if a Muslim goes to Mars he can't ever get back to Mecca They'll never be able to come back to Earth again. What if they can, though? What if, what if it is just... What if it's a 20-minute trip back to Earth from Mars at some point? Maybe at some point, but there's going to be a stopper period. It's not. And that's a debate that's going to happen. I love that they're happening. And I, I think it's really important as well, because, like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people even now that can't make that pilgrimage. And it's like, it's not just when we get into space. It's like some people are just physically not able to do that even now. And it's one of those things where I love... And I think it's like it just perfectly encapsulates the idea that these religious texts are so open to interpretation. They're not written to be read literally because they were written in a time when stuff like going into outer fucking space was not even on anybody's radar. Like going to another country was hard enough. Yeah, like they serve better... Like they work better as just, you know, a, a set of rules... Um, guidelines. Uh, guidelines. Yeah. Guidelines, yeah. 
uh, a set of guidelines rather than rules i was trying mm-hmm. to say yeah and i think like them i i always see like the most important part of that is like kind of just learning how you should treat others around you and you know be be good to one another and that's the that's the nice takeaway that i i always enjoy from most religions that i've i've been taught parts about yeah one of my um my favorite um interpretations of the bible um is that it shouldn't be taken like Joe all the stories in mm. it there's a couple of really famous stories like these stories aren't literal examples of miracles happening they're examples of things seeming like miracles because but they're just you know human nature and they seem like miracles because they weren't considered before and the example that i've heard used is the feeding of the 5000 which if people don't know is a story that tells like jesus is there with some some people 5000 people in fact and they're all hungry and they're like, well, Jesus, what the fuck are we going to do? And Jesus asks um, people in the crowd, it's like, no, some of his followers, go get some food. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they've got, I think it's three loaves and five fishes. In yeah, total. just a bit of bread and fish, not enough for 5,000 people anywhere near. And, you know, the story goes that Jesus passed it to the first one in his group, said, eat as much as you can, and then pass it on to the next person. Pass what you have left to the next person. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, they ended up with like f- several baskets of loaves and several like 100 fish, and that's read as a miracle. But another reading of that story um, is that um, it's not that the food was literally multiplying, it's that when Jesus asked for the food, um, only a few people shared what they had. But when they were told, eat as much as you can and share it to the next person, there were people who already had food, and they added their food to the pile, yeah. and it kept going along. And it's like the power so not of community so much as- all coming together. Yeah, and it shouldn't be read as a story about Jesus magically multiplied the fish and the bread. One, because that's impossible, and two, because that's a really bad story because there's no real lesson there. The lesson is, if you're fucking hungry, your God will magic more food into your mm, mouth. Yeah. And it's actually a much better version of the story. It's better um, as an example to like, you know, take morals from that. Sharing makes it feel like there's more stuff because everyone was like contributing. Mm, rather than, as you say, just like they got a couple of bits of bread and fish. It's like... No, when you ask a few people to go do that, like they come back with a little bit of food. But when you ask 5,000 people to all come together and give what they yeah. can contribute, then it provides for everybody. Yeah, it's, it's just um, uh, a, you know, a roundabout way of saying if everybody contributes a little, there's enough for, ev- there's enough for everyone if we all put a little bit Could, in. could. We just let like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk know that. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's, it's... Like, can we... And that's the uh, there's and there's many ways to interpret those stories. Like you don't interpret them literally; they're metaphorical. And if you read a lot of the stories from the Bible as being metaphorical, you know, like Aesop's Fables or something yeah. like that. And I feel like if a lot of the stories in the Bible, Jesus was a fucking anteater or something like that. Because no one reads Aesop's Fables as being literal because they're animals. Yeah. Um, but people seem to read the Bible stories as being literal instead of metaphorical. I'm still annoyed that I haven't figured out how to turn water into wine, though, Carl. Someone has mentioned you ever turning the water into wine. Well, I'm not um, all too familiar. Um, uh, like, you know, this... Yeah, it's not um, all wheelhouse, of the Bible. Yeah, this interpretation of the Bible I read, it only listed a few of the stories, and the water and wine one wasn't I'm still there. mad I can't do it, though. I make a fucking killing. But there probably is, like, a metaphorical lesson you could learn no, from I'm that. I'm sure there is, yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't... I, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head, but I do like... Um, uh, that's just a really good 
which was the story he didn't literally multiply the bread and the fish is that when Jesus told everyone to share what they had with the person next to them, suddenly it felt like they had a lot more. Because you've like, wow, 5,000 people chipped in and was enough to feed mm -hmm. everyone. And it's the people who didn't have any, couldn't, the people who could only contribute very little, contribute a little bit. The people who contribute a lot, contribute a lot. Exactly. And By the end of it, it turns out you've got more than you need. Amount of food for everyone. It turns out you actually had more than you needed when you first thought. It's just no one thought to share. Well, it's like asking um, people to contribute towards like you know charities and donations and stuff like that. Yeah. Like food drives and clothes drives and stuff like that. Like a lot of people just go, well, I have all this shit just lying about. I might as well give it away. Yeah. And then the people who don't have a lot, like, you know, that that's the other side of the spectrum. It's the essence of charity. And it is. Of like, yeah, there's there's some people that have got a lot to spare. And the moment they realize they've got a lot to spare and ask to do so, they probably will. Whereas, like, obviously that then balanced out with the people that need. I like as of a son in chat was like the bible promotes socialism it always has keep in mind like jesus like one of the best stories about jesus for me is when he goes into a church and starts whipping motherfuckers <laughs> that's one of my favorite bible stories because we used to have to do like bible stories in school as a kid yeah yeah no that's they right. were saying and like public school and we got taught christianity as like a yeah a mainstream thing yeah because our head teacher was a christian and he'd read bible stories and we had people that would like of other religions that would literally Sell ask not to stuff, attend, yeah. like, you know, assemblies and stuff like that because of it, yeah. And I remember as a kid thinking that's really weird, and as an adult, like, fucking hell, it must have been weird for them. It must have been awful. It's like, like you're sending your kid to school, and the head teacher's just fucking reading Bible stories mm -hmm. at them. And I just like the one of when Jesus goes into a church, and he's like, what are you doing? Oh, we're selling stuff in the church. He's like, no, fuck you. He starts whipping the shit out of everyone, flipping tables. <laughs> it's great. And you can read that as like, you know what? Jesus does not appreciate the commercialization of religion. And he'll whip a motherfucker if you do it. I mean, that's very true. But I do like the story where uh, he just goes in and promotes McDonald's and says like, yay, capitalism. Oh, man. Like, what's your favorite version of Jesus? And why is it buff Jesus? What? Like, why, why is buff... Have you ever seen that um, statue someone made of Jesus? Or the painting someone did that's so buff, it looks like he's got a giant penis. I mean, I don't think I have. You might have shown me this at some point. Have you ever seen this? There's like a painting of Jesus, like so where he's so ripped that he looks like he's got a giant fucking penis. Because like obviously, like there's a lot of muscle definition in the typical depiction of Jesus on the cross because he's have you, just have you, have you ever seen and book? just got got only a bit of muscle left. Legally, Because look at Jesus. Oh my god! <laughs> like Jesus with the penis abs. What's going on there? <laughs> That's the thing. Like, oh, is there ever seen as well? Have you ever seen, like, um, one of the things that I love about, like, old paintings is that they just can't handle it. They just can't handle, like, what bodies look like. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, wait, I found it yet. Here it is. Uh, this is uh, an actual painting of Jesus. And just describe what you see. Okay. Uh, this, this is my version of Jesus. Tiny buff baby <laughs> there Jesus. Is yeah, a woman holding a naked cherub-looking child. The cherub isn't a fat child. It's just a naked, no, buff Jesus baby with, like, full-on pecs and abs. That's, like, a newborn. And do you know what? If I saw that baby, I'd ask a fucking like, look Jesus at the baby right there. definition. But that is the son of God right there. <laughs> Bodybuilder infant Jesus. Oh my fucking word. unstoppable. Oh, my word. 
It's great. That's all that baby that's in the gym. Thing. I'll be like, mate, you can keep the machine. It's all right. I'll go over it. That's the that that's the one for me. He's like squatting on the Smith machine. Oh god, no. I'm just such a huge fan of like the weird lionization of that dude. Cause he's supposed to be just like a man. Mm. He's supposed to just be like you know a man who just did like you know great things, and it's supposed to serve as an example of like you too can do great things if you because like, you know, he was just a humble, yeah, common representation of man. And believe in others. It's like, no, he was a fucking super uber man born with a six-pack. <laughs> Snapping the cross and just whipping more fuckers. Oh, God. I'd love that. I'd, I want to see more like, depictions of just buff baby Jesus. Well, that's the one. It's like, um, uh, who is like the one of the gods from mythology of anything could take ripped Jesus? Let's just like assume that that's the version of Jesus that is. It's like super ripped ass Jesus, and every story from the Bible is completely literal. Okay, yeah. Like, so he can do all that bullshit he can do in the Bible. It's not metaphor. No, fuck it. It's all literal. Jesus was like you know super stonks, and it, you know what bollocks to it. He's also got all the other powers that other people in the Bible had as a result of God. Like there's that guy in the Bible who fires bears. Do you know about that guy? No. Yeah, he's a bald guy. It's a real story in the Bible. There's a bald guy who some kids are calling bald, so God gives him the ability to summon bears to scare the kids. So let's say Jesus got all them, he could turn people to salt. What God could take him on? God or baby? What God? I'm talking fully grown adult Jesus. I I was going to say, like, the Disney Hercules, Hercules baby could, like, maybe take on that buff Jesus baby. No one could take on Buff Jesus, baby. He's too I mean, strong. he did. He did like get two snakes and just launch them across the earth. Oh yeah, that's the is Hercules did strangle the snakes as a baby, didn't it? I was yeah. like, who's that baby who beat the snakes up? Yeah, Hercules. He just yeah. like grabs them, ties them together, and like fucking go. That's what do you think then? Hercules could beat up Jesus. I think baby Hercules could beat up baby Jesus for sure. Would you think like fully grown Hercules with like let's say like you know Hercules with all of his bullshit mm. when he's got like, you know the pelt of the Nemean lion. And he's got, um, uh, you don't get the Gorgon head, does it? That's um, uh, Perseus. And what else does Hercules get? He gets the pelt of the Nemean lion. I know that one. Um, I don't know because there's so many depictions of Hercules in my head going around all in one go. Uh, well, the 12 labors of Hercules, like I think he gets a couple of th- things from that. He gets it's the golden fleeces. Per- I always get confused between these mythologies. Mm. Do you want to just check? Let's check the stats for Hercules, shall we? Google um, uh, Hercules equipment. Uh, we do in mythology. Got. Yeah, Hercules for mythology equipment. Because I know he's got the pelt of the Nemean lion, which, according to myth, was um, entirely um, bullet and sword proof. So Hercules does have um, a, a complete immunity to stabbing weapons, and we know for a fact Jesus does not. That's true. Because Jesus was famously stabbed in the side um, uh, by the Spear of Longinus. So it has the 12 I know way here. too much about like this. Yes, the 12 labels. Okay, so what do you do? Let's get his stats so, up. Let's try and, like, you know, power level... Mytholi- uh, mythological version of Hercules. Uh, from the it. twelve labors of Hercules. He slayed the son of uh, the slayed the lion of Nemea. Yeah, the Nemean lion, which he takes the pelt from in most versions of the story, mm. which is completely. Uh, yeah, he adapted it. Its skin as his armor. Uh, he killed the Hydra. So he fought, and that shows his wisdom. I'd say because he kills the Hydra by cutting off all its heads, then burning them before they can grow back. Um, ah, okay. So then. After severing the beast's final head, which is immortal, her, uh, it says Heracles, but you know, Hercules, Heracles, uh, dips yeah, his arrowheads into its blood, making them more dangerous. Oh, man. this is uh, You know what? Already, this is a bad matchup for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus ain't looking great yet. 
Jesus uh, famously does not do well with stabbing weapons. So capture the golden stag. Showing his speed. Uh, he spent a year chasing down this deer with Artemis' permission. Eventually... Do you know why you're doing this? I'm going to look up feats of Jesus. Feats of Jesus. We're going to do this okay. right. Fe- feats of Jesus. So, uh, number four, he captured the... Um, Amanthian boar. The Amanthian boar. Is that... He, that's like, it's showing his hunting. Uh, okay. I've got... Um, I bring up the respect thread for Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. <laughs> Which just, which is a really good subreddit where it's just like respect, insert character, and they just highlight their most ridiculous things that have right, been done. Right, cool. So keep going through these, yeah. Uh, what so you got? we got he drove off the Stymphalian birds. Okay. Uh, he used a noisemaker crafted by Hephaestus. He frightens the birds and shoots them down with his poisoned arrows. The rest fly away. And oh my god! So he again. shoots down an entire flock of birds with like one arrow. <laughs> um, he captured the Cretan bull. Um, he wrestles a bull back into submission, sails back to Greece with it. Oh man, what a legend! Um, he captures the horses of um, Diomedes. Is it? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Um, oh my god, these horses are savage because their master has fed them on the flesh of his enemies. Yeah, and they're like wild horses, and they'd go fucking mad. <laughs> Um, oh my god. He just shuts the king in the stable with the horses that just ravage and eat eat their master. Yeah. And then he just releases the horses. Yeah. Just these okay. murderous horses just like go. So go. we've got Hercules. You know what? This is going to be the showdown. Hercules versus Jesus. Because I've got the respect Jesus then. There's some pretty cool stuff in here that Jesus well, can do. We've got four more labors, so she won't... Should I do okay, the, the other... F- uh, yeah, go for the last four legs of Hercules. And then obviously we already the know. The belt of Hippolyta. Yeah. Okay, so he stole a belt. Uh, Pretty cool belt. Probably has some magic powers on it. You know, he's got some decent gear already. Yeah, it just says stealing her belt. He captures the cattle of Giron. Uh, again, these pronunciations are not going to be great. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the grandson of Medusa. Um, and then he retrieves the apples of Hesperides. Yeah, and I believe that is where he holds up all of existence. Because that is, I believe he gets Atlas to do that, and Atlas is the one who's um, supporting the universe in Greek myth. Mm-hmm. And Hercules temporarily bears the weight of the entire universe. Yeah. So that's why I know, so we, we know. He, like Atlas reveals he knows the knowledge of the golden apples, offers to retrieve them for Heracles if he holds up the earth for him. <laughs> The Earth, okay, because in some versions of um, uh, myth, it's like not Earth, it's all, all of reality. existence, yeah. And then, um, yeah, but the Earth is still pretty. The heavy. Earth is a little bit heavy. And then the last one, which is like, bit. I don't want to get into it because it's paragraphs and paragraphs. But it says he retrieves Cerberus from the underworld. Okay, yeah. So he fought Cerberus to a standstill, essentially. So what we know from that is that Hercules is pretty much bulletproof. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get through the Nemean lion's hide. He is um, prodigiously strong, super fast. Like he he has super he has super strength super speed um a pretty decent level of intelligence I'd say mm-hmm. he figured out to fight the Hydra on the fly yeah. like maybe he's not like you know the smartest figure but you know he's got wisdom so it's not intelligence it's more wisdom isn't it yeah I would say so which is like more like the ability to apply knowledge in situations where it'd be um uh, useful God and of just a fairly good all rounder as a warrior so should we go through the the feats of Jesus well, just one last note on Hercules it says his hobbies yes. are hunting adventuring and casual sex okay <laughs> that that 
That's that. We know Jesus doesn't do at least one of those things. He, do, he doesn't. So if people don't know, um, background. Christian doctrines include the belief that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of a virgin, performed miracles, founded the church, died by crucifixion as a sacrifice to achieve atonement, rose from the dead, and ascended to heaven, whence he will return. I mean, that's one so most Christians off believe that, Jesus like Hercules can't come back yeah. from the dead. So Jesus can. And we're going to start with his most notable ability, which includes healing. So Jesus, like, you know, he's more of a he's a support, <laughs> he's a support character <laughs> than anything. So he's healed the blind. Uh, multiple times he's healed a blind man, another blind man, and then healed a bunch of blind men. He's healed a woman from hemorrhages, heals a fever, lepers, um, abnormal swelling, and heals a man's faithful servant. He's also healed people from crippling injuries, um, including deafness and muteness. So he can restore the senses after they've been lost. And I'm going to say that if he can restore them, he can take them away. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, uh, he's also brought the dead back to life multiple times. So he's able to use his own life-giving um, abilities and bestow them upon I... others. He's also exercised a demon from multiple people, including once where he, mul he exercised multiple demons from a man and then banished them into a herd of pigs, which committed suicide. Oh my god. Which means he is able to not only control demons, but put them inside of the things. So do you, would your G fighting Jesus would be like? He'd be like a caster. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like one. Well, he'd be like you know he's got a, he's a ranged attacker and he's summoning up like demonic well, pigs. The question is like, like when Hercules is he into necromancy or not? Well, he technically is. He can bring people back to life. Mm -hmm. So think oh, Hercules sends in those war horses. <laughs> then Jesus just fills them with like you know what demonic um, uh, possession and sends them back. How long can Jesus hold the demons though? Like, can he store them up and keep them charged? Like. The start of the battle, he's stopped like to with think, 50 demons, just like, ah. I'd like to think that he can, yeah. I'd like to think he keeps them in, like, little talismans around his neck. <laughs> he's got them in there. He says here that, what, uh, Jesus also once felled Roman soldiers to the ground with a single sentence by breaking their mind. Oh. Um, he's able to turn water into wine, um, caught a load of fish in times of drought, so he's able to just um, uh, alter reality. So Jesus is not reality warping powers. Oh my god! And that's the thing. Like, you know, have we learned from Marvel? Does reality warping beat strength? It depends how strong you are. It's like uh, the Hulk can beat anyone as long as he's angry. Yeah, the Hulk can punch through time yeah. and space as one wiki weekend's tours. Yeah, um, he's also summoned God, two of the prophets of the Old Testament, and he wants glow of radiance so he can go super <laughs> saiyan. Jesus can go. No, he goes super Christian. Uh, he can walk on water, so he has either... And I'm not sure how to interpret that. Would you read that as I would read that intangibility? as like reality manipulation of making the water yeah. underneath him solid. From, based off this the, power set. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Would you read that as he's able to physically alter the molecular makeup of the water? Or able like, you know, become intangible himself? Or just float? I think it's that he can change the makeup of the water. Yeah, he wants control the weather to calm a storm. So he's got storm's powers as well. So, which theoretically is in the ability to call down lightning. Zeus might have something to say about that, though. If he starts That's using one, lightning yeah, on his son, is that angle? That's, yeah, maybe. Maybe, like, you know, and that's the thing as well. This is Jesus' own power. Mm. It's bestowed upon him by God, but he's not calling in God for the assist. He's just glowing with godly mm. radiance. Much in the same way that Hercules' power comes from, you know, his divine origins. So I don't think Zeus would be able to step in even if Jesus started calling like No, him. but he might get pissed off. He might get pissed off, but there's not much he could do about it. It says here as well that um, he once summoned a fish that had money in its mouth so he can make it rain fish. <laughs> money fish. 
So he could summon a storm. So he could summon fish, summon a storm. You know, and you've heard those stories about like storms taking fish and like dropping them other mm. places. So he could summon a storm, summon a bunch of fish, put a bunch of demons into those fish, and trap Hercules in a tornado full of demon fish. He could. That is like that is a reading of Jesus' powers. He could do that. Other feats include he once resisted the temptation of the devil himself. So he resisted, like, you know, the father of all lies. Then again... The original sinner. You know, um, like, Hercules has many encounters with Hades, so... He does, yeah. So that's probably an even... Like, he fasted for 40 days in the desert. So he's like, you know, he has extreme durability and resistance to temptation and pain. Um, can summon more than 12 legions of angels. <gasps> Entered a room with closed doors so he can walk through walls. <laughs> I like that one. So that and does mean is that he can be either teleport or walk through teleport walls. or become intangible, so he, and either way, that is a form of like escaping those poison arrows. Yeah, that's the one. So that means that if Hercules used those arrows, Jesus could either become intangible or teleport out of the way. And if he can become intangible, that means he can pass through the Nemean line. However, Carl, there's one big thing mm-hmm. we're forgetting about, and that's battle experience. What's that? Yes, Jesus does not have much battle experience unless you count when he went into the temple and fought all the merchants. <laughs> he didn't do very well against the Roman people. army. But that's the thing. If this was a death battle, cause Joe, let's go by death battle rules here, <laughs> where Jesus' as usual rules against killing are not observed. Because Jesus is like, you know, fundamentally It's a killing. one-on-one. They know they have to fight to the death. Yeah, it says here that um, Jesus once cursed a fig tree to wither and die. And it's worth noting uh, about that story that it wasn't fig season. Jesus just wanted figs. Oh. He just wanted a fig and was pissed off that the tree didn't have any, so he killed it. <laughs> so he is capable of just causing things to wither and die, which means that he has the ability to manipulate time. Hmm, maybe, yeah. Because he he, either that or he's but drawing life again, out of it. Yeah, it depends on you, because Hercules is immortal, right? So that's, you know, a power that wouldn't really work on Hercules. What about his equipment? His equipment is... Um, Presumably not immune to the well, ravages what, of time. It, like it's the the blood is going to stay active on the poison head arrows because it's from the immortal Hydra, which he he That's dipped fair. the blood into and then like um, dipped the arrows into the mm. blood of and then the the this armor made from the lion pelt again. That's just like it's not going to decay anymore. He's turned it into armor, yeah. and he's wearing it. and It's imbued with his godliness. Because hmm. that's the thing, like Jesus is a reality war for what Hercules is like, you no know, battle tank. Yeah. It's also worth pointing out that like, Jesus can call in the assist in the form of demons and angels. And if one of those angels includes Archangel Michael, we thought Hercules If we're by death rattles, there's no like, allies allowed. It's just one on one fight. Hmm. What about if it's like allies in the form of like summons, ads, mobs? I think it's allowed if like you're going to use demons and like summoning fish, but I don't think you can call upon like. Archangels. I don't think that's allowed. Hmm. That is a shame. What about all the time he spent in heaven then? Do you think he'd been training with the nah, angels? I think he's chilling out. Do you think Archangel? Do you think Archangel Michael taught him anything? Because the reason I think he's so fucking scary is because Archangel Michael's the guy who ripped the wings off of Lucifer. So Joe, when you uh, get those yeah. like really sick um, uh, statues of Lucifer getting his wings ripped off, mm-hmm. that's Michael who did that. But. Like he personally ripped the wing. Do you like when Kratos rips the wings oh, of yeah. Valkyries? That's what Michael did. He's like, fuck <laughs> you, give me these back. Took his helmet. So like, yeah. That's what if Jesus can call him in, that's See, a tough I'm going to say it's just the one-on-one. Like He can use like just demons the and nature and stuff like that. But in terms of like, you can't, 
Because realistically, Hercules could like give a bell to Zeus and be like, get Mount Olympus down here. Yeah, I'm going to put in Jesus' strength level, see um, if you can get anything here. Because What is he like? Based on power set alone, I would say Jesus would win it, but I think just the sheer battle experience of Hercules might edge him out. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, does Jesus... He says, like, you know, the Bible is his strength. Like, you know, God is his power. What does that equate to, like, physically? <laughs> How physically strong was the Son of God? Well, he's just a normal man, wasn't he? In terms of oh, physical shame. ability. Well, think of that, like, Bayonetta is a normal woman. Look no, what she does. Not. She's number and witch. She is. She's number and witch, but she's physically human. That's something they make very clear in the film. Like, she can die just like any other human. It's just she's very But very again, good. her powers is calling in giant demons and using like ridiculous yeah. weapons. Could Jesus call on Madame Butterfly? <laughs> That's the th Could he use God like Madame Butterfly? Joe, like the Umbran witch, where she's calling in like the big I mean, fist from the underworld. Could Jesus again, do that? I think he might be able to, but if this is a one on one, that's not allowed. No, but I you know um, in Death Battle, where uh, it's Bayonetta versus Dante, she used Madame Butterfly. But that's something that she has control over. But I'm just thinking, could G if he can call on demons, could he do that? Could he I, call I portals to hell? I presume he could probably just be like, hey, hey, Dad, just give us a hand, a literal hand. Because I'm thinking that'd be amazing. This is so stupid, all of this. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing we've it ever is. fucking talked about. <laughs> oh, they should teach this in school. Because like, that's the thing is, I'm imagining, you know, Jesus there, like God by his side, with like that Thanos horde about to take on Hercules, but then like yeah. Zeus comes in and does like the on your left, and just all of Mount Olympus come through portals. Ooh. And like all of those like, as well, like, come in just to murder. So that's the one in Christian myth as well. There's not many heroes. Mm. Like you have Samson. Samson was pretty good. Like taking out an entire army of the jawbone of an ass. <laughs> that's like a that's a pretty good feat. And then you got the bear guy, the guy who summoned all the bears. True. When you think like Christian mythology, you don't often think I of I don't like, think the um, Jesus disciples really have any power in this fight either. They've got the power of betrayal. <laughs> just Judas coming in. Like, maybe that's it. Maybe Jesus just sends Judas to become Hercules' friend and just betray yeah, Someone him. does point out, though, uh, pre-condensation, this must be a battle thing um, I'm not aware of, or a, a Bible thing I'm not too familiar with, but um, there was a there is a war where they fight Lucifer. But Jesus wouldn't have been in that war, right? No, but, like, God would have been. And isn't Jesus, like, doesn't he have all of God's wisdom? So would he technically have God's battle experience? Hmm. But they only fight one dude, don't they? Or does he? Do they fight? I don't know much about this. Do they fight like Lucifer and fight a bunch of his, his followers demons. that he's converted as? Yeah, yeah. I don't know too much about the <laughs> the battle between God and Lucifer. Because I'd like to think, though, like a fight with Jesus, it would be like fighting the Ginyu Force, just calling in all those assists. Yeah, that's could the he one. do be like that? Oh, like could he pull off well, a Captain Ginyu? He's got the pose for it. He's got the fucking T pose. He, he has send the T pose, out. and he has like all of these abilities to just take, you know, demons out of people and stuff like that. Could he do it with his own mm. soul? Could he swap the souls of the bodies? Maybe. Could he body change? Yeah. This is an interesting question. Like, tune in next week when we do this. You know what? I think we've talked about this for too long. We might have been. Like, this, is, this is the stupidest one we've done, but I love how serious we took it. You have to, though, because it, the moment you stop taking it seriously, it's not interesting anymore. 
Yeah, because if you just say they're not real, because you know someone listening to you when they're not real, it's like, well, you're fucking boring, yeah. then, aren't you? It's like, I, well, if you, you take, know, let's let's put out like a, a tweet about this or something. Could Jesus beat uh, uh, Hercules in a fist fight? If you take ev- all these feats from the Bible as being literal, right? Let us know, people. Like, I don't know. Send. Who do you, what side are you on? Are you on Team Hercules or Team Jesus? <laughs> I still get a giggle out of that fucking tweet. Uh, imagine you get to heaven as a Christian and it's just Jesus. You think you're expecting Jesus, but it's Anubis, and someone just responded. I'd say, "Nice fursuit, Jesus." <laughs> it's fucking great. Um, Can you imagine if, like, and like, what am I? If Egyptian mythology, oh, yeah. it just turns out they're all furries. <laughs> but like, you know, their minds couldn't comprehend what a furry mm. was, so they just assumed they were alligator people. Like they just thought Anubis was a big cat guy, but it's actually just in a big suit. I think Anubis is the dog. Anubis is the dog, right, okay. Oh, Matt, can we talk about fucking... Just, can we go through some Egyptian gods? Oh, yeah, sure. For a sec. Because that's why I've, um, I, like, I've obviously seen other people have this take. It's not a unique... Can we get like, a list of them? But when it's, it's like, oh, here we go. what does God of War do after Norse mythology? It's like, take Egyptian to God. fucking Egypt. That'd oh, be man. awesome. So, who's your favourite Egyptian god? And why is it just fucking Anubis? Um, that's the thing All is, like, I can't remember. You know, if I think if you learned it around the same time I did, I was, you know, like a 10 kid. When yeah, I got there's about my favorite Horus. Do you know why I like Horus as well? Because he's uh, interchangeably or intermittently portrayed as um, either a man with a bird head or, as he is right here, just a fucking bird wearing a popa. <laughs> Like, just look at this fucking regal ass bird. I'd worship that bird. Look at him. There are so many. <laughs> oh man! Just look at look at it. He's just he's just an eagle wearing a popa. <laughs> right, right, that'd be great. Can you imagine getting to heaven and that's who judges you? <laughs> it's like when you're in God of War, isn't it? It's that fucking chicken just watching. You don't get to fight it. The chicken. I get so pissed off. Yeah, doing you fighting the gatekeeper to hell. In God of War 2018, and you look over, there's that giant fucking bird. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 the big crow. And you try fighting, like, fuck you. Because uh, it's a crow, and I got very confused. I'm like, chicken? What, what chicken, guy? Nah, man, it's great. Uh, more like gods just need to be a fucking eagle and a popa. Anyway, you know what? We can end it there. Can. I want to I end it there because that's fucking amazing. And um, it's getting quite late, and I know you want to stream later. I am streaming later, yeah. Speaking of which, would you like to um, uh, let the people know where they can find that? And I'll let the people in my chat know. Yeah. Um, there you go. That's where you can find so, the stream. So people watching on the stream um going to be streaming on my channel in like, what's the time now? Uh, in about two hours, maybe. I'm going to be going mm-hmm. through the start of Psychonauts 2 because I haven't started that yet. Ooh. And that's on Game Pass. Let me know how it is. I will, yeah. Um, and then and people the- listening to the podcast version on the Thursday, uh, Thursday night yes. weekly, I've been doing a... Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door playthrough. I've done like the first chapter of the game. Mm-hmm. So like about um, 10 p.m. UK time, Thursday nights, I've been doing Paper Mario, yeah. Yeah, and then Friday, uh, I'm going to be doing what we like to call a big stream, which is a stream where we announce it on the main factory mm-hmm. channel. And they generally get like, you know, about 100 people in consistently. Yeah. A couple hundred people in at the start and then like people filtering throughout mm-hmm. the fact. Uh, throughout the rest of the evening, that's going to be on your channel. And have you decided what we're playing? Yeah, we're yet? playing Pokemon Unite. 
Yeah, so we're going to be playing Pokemon Unite, and that's going to be on Lucas's channel. I'll be streaming as well, but um, uh, the deal I have with you, Lucas, isn't it? It's like you, uh, we swap off when we do these um, uh, announcements mm -hmm. once per month. Yeah, makes a bit more sense. That drive way. people towards both of our channels. And uh, that is Legend of Kanto on Twitch, and you can find like a link in the description of whatever podcast you're listening to, and more video version and whatnot. Yeah. It's one of those like awkward things about um, uh, streaming, isn't it? It's, like, it's difficult to let people know that you do it, and every single time that we do stream, it's always like, wow, I didn't mm -hmm. know you streamed. Like, we shout it quite often, but yeah, clearly not enough. Not enough, not enough, yeah. And uh, yeah, for everyone who's in my chat watching, thank you very much. Hell yeah. Nice, appreciate it.